now we have over 50 languages that can be categorized on Afropods and we have podcasts from over 30 countries. And something that I say or have said previously is that we need the content however we can get it. We need these stories however you want to tell them. Welcome back to The Cypher, a series of conversations with creators from Africa and its diaspora who are leaning into their roots to create new spaces for all of us to tell our stories. I'm Christabel Nsiabwadi. How do you uplift African voices in a contemporary tech-based world? How can you add those stories told for generations with a modern necessity for wider representation? Well, CEO of Afropods, Molly Jensen, is doing just that. She's bringing together a repository of stories through podcasting that represent the continent and the wider diaspora. Molly Jensen, thank you so much for joining me on The Cypher. Christopher, it's so wonderful to get a chance to talk with you. Thank you for having me as a guest. I'm so excited for this. Oh my goodness, it's my absolute pleasure. So for those, for the uninitiated, tell us a little bit more about Afropods, its uh, beginnings and its mission in particular. And I just want to say to anyone who's listening, I'm recording this in the summer. I'm with family in the UK. So you may hear some garden noises, but I think that's all a wonderful part of life. But Molly, over to you. So Afropods is a free podcast hosting platform. We are focused on building the largest library of African audio stories on the planet. And frankly, we are digitizing African stories and those of the diaspora. So free Pan-African podcast hosting platform. That's who we are. I feel like in the past, prior to talking, we talked a lot about community building and even though this is a um, a business it's a financial structure in some in some way I really get the sense that this is about community building and empowering so what's at the heart of Molly's mission when it comes to <laughs> Afropods? What a great question thank you for asking that Christabel I think it deserves space so mm-hmm. Community is fundamental and intrinsic to every piece of culture, I think, globally, but it's especially prevalent in African societies. So across the continent, you see how immersed community is in all aspects of life, whether it's um, asking your neighbor for something you need or someone watching your children, you know, you hear it takes a village to raise a child and it takes a community to raise an adult. That was an expression I've heard, and it's really stuck with me in my young womanhood and adulthood, just because you really can't do it alone. And you're right. We've had these conversations previously because I'm so passionate about the fact that people need people, and connection is fundamental and and important to the human experience. So community has to be one of our verticals and pillars of a business, especially a business based in Africa and serving African creators, because it's what resonates with us. It's what makes sense. So community is, it can't be understated, and it certainly can't be under um, appreciated. It's intrinsic. I get it. And so when I think about that, and then I think about the storytelling or in, in in terms of the way that you have described it right now, the, the, not just history, but the repository of collecting stories and, and, and narratives essentially. Right. And then we think of podcasting, right. 
um, there is a real opportunity for people to tell their stories. And that's where I get really excited. And that's where I get really excited about what Afropods is doing, right? Because we know in history is written by a certain group of people, right? It's the people who are able to write those stories. For me, what I love about podcasting or any way in which we can, people can tell their stories and people often talk about democratizing, there is an opportunity just to share your truth and to, to add to that collective storytelling and shaping of a narrative that as far as people from uh, from the African diaspora are concerned, that has not necessarily been the case in terms of the written word, at least. Orally, centuries, we know this. This is, this is in our DNA. So when I think about Afropods and you collecting it, was that, uh, collecting those stories, was that also part of the thinking as well for you? Absolutely. I mean, I think that you need to see African creators and storytellers take up as much space as possible while getting paid for their content. And that's something that a woman in Nigeria once said in a uh, conference. She said it a little bit more eloquently, but I have been saying that since I heard it because there's just no better way to say it. Storytelling is fundamental to the DNA of African people. These stories have never been told previously. I can speak on Kenya as I'm living there, but you don't even really learn Kenyan history in schools. You learn British history, the history of the colonizer, right? And now you have 1,500 plus languages, 1.3 billion people, 54 countries, and so many stories that haven't been told before on top of what is possibly one of the most exciting times to be on, around, or from the continent with media exploding from here, whether it's Beyonce's Black is King, Year of Return out of Ghana, Afrochella, uh, Black Panther with over a billion dollars, Lion King still being the highest gro grossing uh, Disney film of all time, TikTok showing you beautiful places on the continent like Bagamoyo and Tanzania, and just, I mean, I'm a piano to the world, Afro Beats, Burna Boy selling out MSG. There's just never been a more exciting time to be able to take up space and to be received with such welcoming and warm arms. So I think that to answer that question, absolutely, it's time. We need to take up as much space as possible. This hasn't happened before. These stories haven't been told before. Everyone's sauce is unique and we need to hear what they're saying. And on top of um, democratizing, which you had mentioned, I think we have a really exciting opportunity to also memorialize language. You know, like this is an opportunity for us to not only cement our history in terms of saying things the way we'd like to and telling our stories in a medium that we're comfortable with, being that the continent is so comfortable with the radio and audio format, but also we get to capture these stories and, and capture these languages. And we are a continent of oriented history. We have been telling stories since the beginning of time. Almost every culture I've engaged with on the continent has a history of telling stories around a fireplace. In Kenya, they have these homes called manyatas, which are like mud homes. And you have a fire and people go around and tell stories. And that's like a traditional home. My mother is from Ghana. I know the same thing. You sit with your grandparents and you tell stories. And now we have a chance to digitize those stories, digitizing African stories. It's just really exciting. You're listening to The Cypher with me, Christabel Insia Bwadi, and Molly Jensen, the CEO of Afripods, 
we're discussing how she continues to create a wider platform for African storytellers. One thing that you said that I really want to jump on is this idea of language, right? When we talk about stories, like we are two um, global, we are two diasporans, right? We are Ghana girls, <laughs> right? We have a connection to Ghana. You have hey. an American accent. I have a British accent, right? So we are global in that sense. So when you talked about language, that's something that that resonates very deeply with me because language is something that became political where I don't know if this was the case in your experience, but it certainly was in mine and uh, not just mine, but in my community in London where I'm currently speaking to you as we tape. You know, parents make it, made a decision about what language they were going to teach their kids, right? Mm-hmm. Do you leave your home language or do you speak you know, do you speak English because they don't want they don't want um, the teachers to push you back? They want they want to give the kids as much of a chance as possible. Of course, fast forwarding to that, there is a you know something happens right. Less people are able to speak that language, and within the podcasting space, when we talk about audience, this idea of language, and I'm really excited about the idea of people doing podcasts in their own language, in their native language, whether it's English, whether it's Tree whether it's whatever language it is. Is that something that you're looking at as well and encouraging people to do? Absolutely. This, it has to happen that way. Yes. Now we have over 50 languages that can be categorized on Afropods and we have podcasts from over 30 countries. Mm. And something that I say or have said previously is that we need the content however we can get it. We need these stories however you want to tell them. And yes, we are Ghana girls of the diaspora. That's okay. I mean, if there's a story in Somali and neither of us understand it, then we are not the target audience for that. A hundred percent. And that is okay. Right? It's okay. There's so much, you know, I think speaking as a New Yorker, as an American, there's so much that caters to me around the world as an English speaker, right? What about the person that only speaks Portuguese from Brazil mm-hmm. and they go to a country, they go to, I don't know, let's choose a country that's not a romantic language, China. They go to China and they can't communicate or they don't understand the stories. Like it's, it's not for them. They have to adjust to the environment. And I think that so often Americans specifically or English speakers, if I can generalize, have been accommodated um, because of a, of our country's influence as a superpower, right? Yeah. yeah. Countries I'm- in terms of their ability to like impact financial markets, let's say. The fact is we need to recognize that not every story is for us. Some of these stories that are being told are for micro communities. And if you want to learn more about it, you have to do the research. And there was a podcast that came out of Kenya called Until Everyone is Free. Mm. It was in Sheng. Sheng is a dialect of Kiswahili, uh, which is like the local language. Um, and Sheng is like a vernacular of Kiswahili. Mm. So I went to the launch event and the podcast is not in English. They had a couple of computers set on the side because they had the podcast on YouTube and I had to read the subtitles. And, you know, that was the experience that they included me in because they need to even include me there's a a podcast in Somali that's performing really really well I mean 
There are podcasts that are in Wolof. There, I'm sure there are people having conversations in Amharic, in Arabic, in Yoruba, in Zulu. Mm -hmm. And it's so exciting and important, especially as we become more digital and almost more homogeneous because we're exposed to so many people and things mm -hmm. to capture this moment of memorializing culture and memorializing these languages. So yes, it is something that's important. I think it'll also help with the problem in the podcasting industry of just discoverability and searchability in general is pretty challenging across the board. And, you know, people being interested in content specifically from Malawi or from Burkina Faso or Zimbabwe, I think that's really helpful. I think if someone's looking for content in Kenya, Rwandan or Lugandan, that would also be helpful. So mm. language is super important. How would you encourage uh, the people in my community and the people who are listening um, to just tell that story as somebody who's on the other side from it, right? I'm the person who, who does the, the content creation and you're the person who says, we're ready. We want to hear it. What do we do? How do we get to, to Afripods? Tell us more about that. Sure. Well, I mean, what is that? expression i feel like i feel like all of those posters that were in your elementary school class <laughs> really come in handy but you just have to start right yeah, you don't you do. get to the huge audience and platform and support and success without getting through day one mm -hmm. and the first step of being really good at something is sucking at it <laughs> Right? You can't like, tell people that who've been told that, you know, like, yeah, like the stakes are high. You can't make any well, mistakes. Let's be honest. I also don't like doing things that I'm not naturally good at. Like, <laughs> I have the path of least resistance. So hear me when I say this. And no, I'm also speaking to myself. Um, you have to try, right? Like, it's it's about getting out there. It's about seeing what works. I mean, there could be a way that you think things will be received, but until you test it, until you let it just breathe a little bit in a community or an environment, you actually don't know what people want. And that's ultimately, I think, what's most important in cultivating any community or relationship. But in order to find Afropods, I mean, we are online. We're Afropods.Africa. We also have an app. However, I would say, please look online because we are a podcast hosting platform. Um, Basically, if you have audio content, you can upload your podcast to Afropods and then we distribute it to all platforms. So your listener doesn't really have any clue where your host is. Um, it's kind of like if you have a website called thecypher.com, people may not know that you're using GoDaddy on the back end. They just know the URL is thecypher.com. Mm -hmm. So Afropods is the technical home of podcasting. You would go online, create an account, upload your content, and then we distribute it to all platforms. And then what you would do is you would get all of your statistics, whether they're your streams or your drop-off rate or the time that most people are listening or the country or the region that most people are listening to your content at, and you would be able to then sell against it. So the biggest focuses of a hosting platform is one, giving you the data having a dashboard that's accurate, and two, getting your content to all of the places that your listeners are, uh, aka those distribution platforms. I'm Christabel Nsiabwadi, and this is the Cypher Podcast. I'm on with Molly Jensen of Afripods. Stay tuned for more insights.
Well, how many people roughly do you have on the platform? So it's interesting right now. We have thousands of mm. of podcasts, um, episodes. We have hundreds of podcasters and we have hundreds of thousands of streams at this point. And I think that it's important to put it that way just because podcasting is still very much in its infancy on the continent. There's a lot of attraction to it as new media. People are learning a lot about it, but it's not as mature of a market as, let's say, Europe or the United States. Storytelling has been around forever, and radio is trusted on the continent, and radio is part of daily life. The statistics are incredible at the penetration of that. But I think when it comes to podcasting, there are pockets of people who are listening to podcasts, but then the average let's use Kenya since I'm there, but the average Kenyan isn't listening to a podcast yet. Maybe they've heard about it, but I always ask whenever I'm in an Uber, Hey, do you know what a podcast is? <laughs> more often than not, my drivers don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even encountered people just day-to-day life at restaurants who haven't really heard of a podcast. So you have to break it down a little, mm. but the uh, adoption rate is picking up it's quickly. growing so. fast why do you think that is i mean you've alluded to it in terms of the fact that you know as a continent of people we're oral we, we you know we use we use orality to to tell stories and to and to shape things um shape societies um and also radio which is huge is huge yeah. it isn't going anywhere right so what how are people using the podcast platform because i can imagine in different places um, there are certain topics, for example, that you can't necessarily talk about on the radio, but you might be able to move over to podcast. Isn't that amazing that everyone can kind of take up space however they'd like to as content creators? I think it's beautiful. You know, there's a lot there. And I think that how we're seeing podcasting evolve right now on the continent is the is in the traditional way that it's evolving in the States. And I think that has to do with the fact that the people who are podcasting are techie. Mm. They're global. They're seeing what's happening in other markets and they're replicating that. I think that we have a unique opportunity as people on the continent to create a solution that works for us. Mm. And I think that right now you need to compete with the global baseline standard of what's out there. Absolutely. Mm. Right. It's not just about having something unique for Africa. It's not about having something good for Africa. It's about having something good globally to bridge the gap and break down barriers to entry so that these stories can be told the way that people want to tell them and get into rooms that previously they may not have been able to get into. Mm. So to answer that question, I think that right now we're seeing podcasting play out very similarly to what we're seeing in the West. However, over time, since it is such a audio dependent culture and since the, the medium is familiar to people in terms of storytelling and listening, I think we may have an opportunity to see something really different. I also think it is a possibility that Africa becomes the largest podcasting market in the world just due to sheer numbers and the fact that storytelling is so fundamental. I'm not sure if that storytelling is going to look the same as it does in the West, but we have to see what happens. It's early days and there are incredible resources, whether it's Africa Podfest or Semabox in Kenya or, you know, podcasters like Tony Doe in Nigeria who do 
research, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a responsibility as this ecosystem is so young to really understand what people want as mm -hmm. listeners and also as creators. And Afropods is actually during current audio research right now because you can't just build something because you think it works elsewhere. Mm -hmm. You have to come with a solution that, like I said, breaks down the barriers to entry, comes from contribution and gives people what they want. My role as CEO is not just to make decisions that I think make sense. It's to make decisions on behalf of the African on the ground. It's mm. to understand what they need. Everything mm. I do is not, none of it actually has anything to do with me. And everything is about continuing to develop this ecosystem and build, build, build. And we're in a situation where the pie is small mm. and it's not about taking that pie. It's about making that pie bigger. It's about yes. getting as many players in the space as possible. If Afropods win, the podcasters win. If the podcasters win, Afropods win. Mm -hmm. We are symbiotic here. You know, mm -hmm. like we need each other to succeed because this is too great of an opportunity to lose. Digital storytelling in Africa. Yes. Not just digital grad, uh, growing market in the world. And then a history of orated stories. Yes. Literally we reframing, literally reframing and, and not even reframing, taking control of the stories that we tell. I'm literally getting goosebumps because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is the opportunity. And, you know, I think everyone recognizes the opportunity, but it's like, will it be captured yeah. will we do it in the right way? Yeah. Do people have the resources? Yeah. You know, that's why platforms like Afropods are important because we need to lean into it. All tech breaks. There are days when Twitter doesn't work. There are days when Facebook doesn't work. There are days when Spotify is slow. This is the way it goes with tech. You are constantly building. And with a startup, yeah, there's an opportunity that things may crash, um, that things will crash. Actually, you want them to crash so that you can continue to build and grow. But we do have a product that's at what I call global baseline standards. It can compete anywhere. It's good. And the technology behind it is solid. So we just want to get some visibility and let creators know, hey, there's a solution that's at home on the continent that's looking to create what you need. Not what we think you need, but what you want. Mm. Like, for instance, there was a podcaster um, in East Africa. She asked to know exactly what time people were listening to her podcast so we created like a heat map that shows you the time. So you know when um, to drop your content or when people are most engaged or, you know, you, you have to have data in order to generate insights. And those insights allow you to then build out a marketing rollout strategy or a plan in order to engage your audience in a way that they want to, to further gather more data, to create more insights to create solutions again it's mm. a it's a um what would imagine a infinity sign that yeah symbol yeah. yeah the loop it's the eight it's the eight yeah. number eight data, goes in. insights feedback data insights feedback and i think that you know we're doing our best to make sure that that is up front and center ultimately as a host we are a data solution and it's all about how you splice that data so when you log into Afropods, if your podcast is hosted with us, the first thing you see is the continent of Africa and it's lit up in terms of where people are listening to. 
Now, if you're in the States, you can toggle it over to the States, or if you're in Europe, the same, or Australia, or South America, wherever you may be. But ultimately, this is data. And it's just, do you want to support someone at home? Mm -hmm. You've really broken down the solution of this, right? And I hear the passion of this. What drew you to this? Why is this so, so important to you? I feel like if we collectively don't recognize the opportunity, like we talked about earlier in front of us, we'll lose it. Storytelling has been something we've done since the beginning of time. And it's our time to finally tell our stories. And so if we give that power away or we don't leverage how important Africa is when you talk about storytelling, then you've lost a massive opportunity, which is why I was saying, if the podcaster Mm -hmm. wins, Afropods wins. If If Afropods wins, the podcaster wins. Ultimately, the ecosystem needs to grow. And ultimately, storytelling needs to be taken so seriously on the continent in whatever language it's given, because it's our time. So I'm passionate about this because I know that it's going to work. I'm passionate about this because I see people every day (laughs) in Kenya and Nairobi that are storytellers. Everyone has a story. You ask someone, like, well, man, and you're like, oh my goodness. You know, like as um, we're Ghana girls here, but my grandfather, he used to talk in riddles, you know, like I would ask for something and he would give me back a fable or a proverb. And we're just like, really? And that's unique to me, you know? Like, I think it's it needs to be done. And I know that my heart is in the right place. And ultimately, like I said, it's not about what I want. It's about making decisions for the people on the ground and and moving authentically in that way. Because mm-hmm. so many businesses will look at what's happening, for instance, in the diaspora, since, you know, the wealthiest group of black people Mm -hmm. like in the world are in the diaspora specifically i believe in the united states and so often when you're looking at profitability you want to target your sites on that financial opportunity but there is huge value in africa huge and i don't think it's ever been truly explored in a way that it deserves and i'm excited to be one of the many pioneers in podcasting in africa it's a privilege and I, I'm, you know, looking to stand on the shoulders of giants. And I hope that the people that come after me also look at me in the same way. But ultimately, this matters. Storytelling is going nowhere. And with tech and media and audio and, and podcasting being at such an exciting intersection, I think we're about to see something really massive happen. And I hope we capture it in a way that makes us feel good all of us. You, you're a highly practical person with deep passions. And um, so, so this is a nice tie-in to, to come back to that final question that I had about data and tech and how that part. How did you get here? It seems like you have a background in that, right? Or no? I do, kind of. So I would say most of my background is in people management. Um, mm-hmm. I've been in sales I've been in advertising. I worked for a family business. I was also at a company called Lean Startup Machine, which was in Techstars. Um, and like I planned 
what they call a workshop, but it's essentially a hackathon. They don't call it a hackathon though. So I hope I don't get in trouble for that. (laughs) But um, I, I am a product of a technical environment as we all are in the year 2022. right? Right. And I think that it's a misconception to think that tech is all about coding and you need to know front end or back end, um, or you need to like, be a a engineer or a developer to get into tech there is a social side of tech there is a person side of tech Hmm. and i think that i recognized that when i was at lean startup machine i went to a um event called tech drink up Hmm. startup drink up something like that Mm -hmm. uh it was a mixer and i want to say like 70 percent of the people this had to be in maybe 2014 something like that um Everyone was really techie and, and like classically like nerdy and whatnot. And I was floating around this room like a butterfly. And I was just talking to all these people. And, you know, fast forward to 2022, you see what I'll call as butterflies in tech all over the place. And they're mm-hmm. thriving and mm-hmm. they're building these communities and, and recruiting talent and and understanding the human side of business, which I think is so important, the emotional intelligence uh, of dealing with people and like fostering these connections, because we have a huge opportunity um, to learn this space. Uh, tech isn't going away. Everyone is welcome to join. At, in some capacity, your job is going to deal with technology, most likely, right? So I got into tech, I would say, um, obviously very recently with Afropods. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, I did have experience in Techstars, which is like an incubator. Mm-hmm. And I guess I've, I've been around it. Molly Jensen, thank you so much for your thoughtful insight and for opening up to me. This is really, really, um, really lovely. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Christabel. It's such an honor and um, anything for a Ghana sister, okay? Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Molly Jensen, the CEO of Afropods, the premier platform for hosting, listening and monetizing podcasts from Africa and the diaspora. Follow Molly Jensen on Instagram at MJ underscore Akosia. That's A-K-O-S-U-A. And you can follow her at Afripods. Please like and subscribe to the Cypher podcast and tell all your friends to do the same. The Cypher is a MyLens Media production. Mo Poplar is our sound designer. The Cypher production team includes Cerise Small, Larissa Witcher, and our production assistant, Aviana Kimani. I'm Christabel Insiabwadi. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.